Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, parents, grandparents, and any other persons that might be tuned in to the radio today. This is Richard and Linda, and we're going to be having a little friendly discussion about summer grandparenting. Did you know there was such a thing as summer grandparenting, Linda? Uh, there, there, there is for us, that's for sure. For those of you who live on the same cul-de-sac as your grandchildren, it would be a little different story. But we really only get all of our grandchildren together in the summer. Live all on the same cul-de-sac with your grand, all your grandchildren. Now, that's a, that's a frightening thought. It happens. No, that's <laughs> wonderful. That's by plan. Well, I know, but how would you... How would you how would you get away from them, Linda? I mean, we're always like when the grandkids come or when we visit them, we're so so happy to see them, and then when they leave or we leave, we're so so happy to leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we have a good crop of grandchildren. Maybe that's because we're not there all the time. And yeah, ours are pretty ours are pretty widely spread. We we talk to different people with different situations, of course, and. There's advantages to all configurations. So if you're a person who's out there wishing all your grandkids lived closer to you, we should put you in contact with other grandparents that wish that some of theirs lived a little further away. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. And you'd have a good balance. But, you know, we, we always say um, we have nine children, one of every kind, and now we're saying we have 26 grandchildren, one of every kind. Yeah, we didn't. We everyone didn't know. is so different. We thought we had every kind with the kids, and now we're finding some new kinds that we didn't even know existed. Exactly right. Um, we have. Let's see. Our oldest is 17, but he'll. Uh, let's see. He's just turning 17, and his sister's just turning 16. And then, of course, the babies are just brand new this year. Uh, one is three months old, and so that's our range. Um, boys and girls, um, what's the count right now? Richard? Oh, those darn girls are two ahead of the boys. Oh, good for them. 14 to 12. We need a couple more boys to balance it out. Now, now some of you may be thinking, good heavens, how many children, grandchildren, how, how do we even relate to a family that big? Well... Here's the thing, whether you have one grandchild or whether you have 26 or whether you have more, as some of our friends do, it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality of your relationship with those grandkids. And, you know, grandparenting is a different thing in different parts of the world. I mean, uh, we, we live in a, a Western society, which sometimes bothers me a little, Linda, because it's like... There are too many, too, too many sentiments that sound something like this. Hey, I did my time. I raised my kids. And now I'm off to Sun City to play golf. And, and it's good riddance to these kids who now have kids of their own, and they know what it was like when I had them. And that's just, uh, of course, uh, that's, you know what that is? That's a sad attitude because nothing is more fun than grandparenting. And, and in many parts of the world, grandparents actually, and I'm not suggesting that this is the ideal, but in many parts of the world, grandparents 
are more active in the rearing and raising and training of children than the parents are. Well, a lot of grandparents are raising the children, literally. Well, even in this country, but I mean culturally and in a lot of countries, um, the parents tend to work and the grandparents tend to live in the same home and be there with the kids. Much of Asia is that way and, and much of the third world. Oh, absolutely. In fact, when we were in uh, Malaysia a few years ago, we met a wonderful family. And uh, all of the women, we had a small group there that we had spoken to, and all of the women lived with their mothers-in-law. And that would be hard. I mean, no matter how great well, your mother-in-law Well, that's pretty common is. in a lot of Asian countries. When you, when you, If you're a woman, when you marry, you move directly into your husband's family home. And guess who's in charge of that home? Your the mother-in-law. grandmother. Yeah. Yes. And so... And in fact, I just somebody just said the other day, they think that is why there's so many heavy-handed grandmothers in these situations because they have been the underling for their whole lives and now they have the power. And so it's a whole new game for them. So grandparenting is especially meaningful to them. But let's focus in on grandparenting here in the good old US of A and and summer grandparenting meaning uh, most grandparents that we know, most families that we know, probably have more interaction between grandparent and grandchildren in the summertime than they do the rest of the year. It's not always true, but it, it's generally true because you have reunions, you have kids out of school who come to visit, you have lots of opportunities, more more chances to travel than the rest of the year. And so we see grandparents who get together with their grandkids uh, more frequently in the summer than other time of the uh, times of the year. And I guess the question we want to pose today and discuss a little bit is how proactive should we be as grandparents? Should we really take seriously our stewardship over our grandkids, try to teach them certain things, try to in a in a sort of a planned way improve our relationship with the grandkids and so on or is it kind of a reactive process where we sort of respond to their interest in us and where we walk on eggshells just a little bit trying not to in any way impose ourselves on the grandkids or be too anxious to do things that might not fit exactly with what the parents are trying to do with those same kids. Boy, it's a fine line to travel. Um, the biggest, um, I think, complaint we have from parents as we speak to them is that they are trying to get their children to be responsible with money and with responsibility at home and so on. And then uh, just they get a system all set, and then the grandparents come in and wreck it. <laughs> well, that or or even worse than that is when, uh, and this happens way too often, where where grandparents will say to their children, to to the parents of the grandchildren, "Hey, you're spoiling this kid, or you're not disciplining him right, or let me tell you a better way to." motivate this child or whatever and boy you got to be careful because there's nothing that is more inherently 
potentially offensive than than a parent saying to an adult child, hey, you're not very good at raising your children, my grandchildren. That's just a real slap in the face. And a lot of times grandparents don't mean to say that, but that's sort of what they imply by the way they act around the kids. So so I guess the first thing, you know, we, we have some ideas we want to give you today on things you can do as grandparents that are fun and that are really beneficial for grandchildren, but we probably ought to say as a caveat that the first thing that ought to happen is some pretty good communication between a parent and a grandparent in terms of what does this child need? What can I do? Are there some things I could be helpful that would support what you're doing? And kind of get on the same page so that you're not just assuming, well, I'll do whatever I want. I mean, there, there's sort of an attitude among grandparents. Hey, I'm the grandparent. I can do whatever I want. I can give the kid anything I want. I can, you know, that's I've earned the right. I'm the grandparent, you know. And that comes across a little... A little threatening sometimes to parents. Yeah, it really does. And I, I think the first thing that you need to do is be sure that you, your kids know that you think they're great parents. I mean, even if you have to fudge a little bit, I mean, really let them know that, that you know, you understand how hard parenting is and you so appreciate what they're doing with yeah. their, you know, their grandchildren. And, you know, I have to say, Linda, and I, you know, I don't want to sound... Although the one time you have to be the most careful not to sound too proud is when you're talking about your kids. But honestly, I think our kids are much better parents than we were at their ages. In fact, I'm sure of it. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. And uh, it's quite a a deal to go to their homes. And because all of our grandchildren live away from us, we have to go to their homes. And... uh, well, they come to us, but like you say, well, they come the to summer, us in the summer. But that, yeah. we just during the year we right. need to go be with them. And boy, it is such an education to be in their home with their surroundings and so on. And it, it's just one of my favorite things. Along with sometimes the parents leaving us with their children, then it's a whole different deal. Um, that when you have total control of what's happening. Um, it really is amazing what you can learn from these grandkids, what you can learn about their personalities, and what you can learn about your relationship with them when you have them on your own. And that's a whole other subject. Someday we should actually do a whole show, Linda, on how much, how often, how frequently should kids or should parents ask the grandparents to come in and take over while they go on a trip or on a vacation or something. It can be a wonderful thing, like you say. It can be a unique opportunity to get to know your grandkids in a way that you would never get to know them were the parents still around. We'll do a whole show on that. That's kind of a fun and interesting topic. But what we want to do today, and we'll get right into this after the break, but let us introduce it to you a little. We we have two things that over the years have really become our favorites. And um, if you were to talk to our grandkids, I think, I hope I'm right on this, Linda, they would tell you that these are the things, some of the things they look forward to in the summer. And I'm going to put first Grammy camps. This woman on the line with me today does these unbelievable Grammy camps for her grandchildren. And I'll tell, I'll let you tell all the objectives you have, Linda. But for me, 
not to be outdone and not to be totally outshined and not to be thought of as just a slug who sits there and watches Grandma do all the fun stuff. I do a thing called Grandfather's Secrets. And um, so after the break, we're going to tell you a little about what is Grammy Camp and what are Grandfather's Secrets. Not that you'll want to do the exact same thing, but that you may, as a grandparent, get some ideas that may stimulate your own thoughts on what you want to do with your grandkids. Or if you're a parent listening, you may get some ideas that you want to suggest to your parents in terms of some approaches they might take with your children that would be palatable and agreeable with you. And as we go to break, I have to say that we realize that life is a little more complicated for many people than it is for us because so far all of our children, are their parents, are married to the same people they started out with. And it makes a whole different configuration when you have a divorce to deal with and so that you've got two sides of a family and sometimes four um, to deal with. So we understand that it may not be as simple for you as it may be for us just because of our situation. Yeah, and that's a good point, Linda, but I think at the same time, sometimes the more complicated a situation is, the more need there is for kind of a... A simple focus, like, you know, I'm going to work on this particular thing with my grandkids, and I'm not going to be deterred by some of the things that may be swirling around. So, I again, we're not suggesting it's the best idea for every grandparent out there, but you're going to find Grammy Camps and Grandfather's Secrets to be kind of interesting, and we'll get into both of those a little more right after this break. And if you missed the first half of the show, we're talking about grandchildren today and our relationships with them as of right now. I mean, we've been generally talking about grandchildren, but now we're going to give you some ideas that we've tried with our grandchildren that seem to be working. And I'm going to introduce Grammy Camp, and you tell about it, Linda, and then you can introduce me to tell about Grandfather's Secrets, okay? okay? So the reason I want to do it that way is because Linda would be too modest. I want to introduce now the greatest grandmother in the world who will tell you about what her objectives and goals are and how she accomplishes them in her Grammy camps. Linda, take it. (laughs) Well, we started this when our oldest turned eight, I guess, our oldest grandchild. And we actually don't have them come before five because you don't want to well, I guess you do, but I mean, we just have so many that we couldn't do it. So um, we started with groups. We divided them by groups, and we happened to have um, three in group one and three in group two. And actually, we usually we combine them now because there's so many kids. Um, but I wanted my grandchildren to know what was important to me. I mean, they're more than just making chocolate chip cookies, which we're all kind of addicted to in our family. But... I think that it's important for them to know that I love music and I love art and I love dance and I love the scriptures and I love them knowing about our ancestors. So I thought, okay. Oh, and I also love 
teaching them to work, how important work is. So we start out Grammy camp usually after dinner on um, after we've had a big family dinner. It's during the family reunion because that's the only time I get them is for those few days. Actually, it's not during the reunion. It's just before or just after, but it's during the time when our families hold all together for just a few days. So um, I take them, and we have so much fun. We have a little talent show. They show what they've been doing for the year, and it gets more exciting every year as the kids get older and do amazing things. Um, we have now, this kids. is just Grammy and the group of grandchildren. The parents are gone. They're doing something else. They're right. gone to dinner. They're on a outing. They're somewhere else. Well, and luckily, we, and we have a place where we can bring the kids, where I can bring the kids and just be on our own in a room. And it really is so fun to see. Um, I ask them, I have them fill out a little questionnaire about all their favorite things, about what they might be worried about right now, um, about, you know, what they love doing, what they hate doing, just so that you kind of get a feel for them. And I learn a lot from that, too, by the way. I read these afterwards, and I, I learn a lot about these grandkids from these questionnaires they do at Grammy Camp. So anyway, then um, we we do different things different times, but we have uh, a group of our littlest ones this year are called the princesses, and there's four of them. So we I send them out uh, music, each of these groups, a music thing that I want them to listen to. And this year the youngest group is doing Peter and the Wolf. So I send them um, either downloading or a little CD so that they can listen to this. And you realize some are in the same family, so it's not like I'm sending three or four CDs to everyone. It just works out perfectly. And so they kind of are familiar with the music. Then we act it out. Um, the older girls are doing the Carnival of the Animals this year, and the big kids are doing um, the Four Seasons. And so I just want them to be familiar with music. And even if it's like, I don't want to do this, at least they'll know the name Four Seasons by Vivaldi, and they'll know a little bit about how it sounds. I just think it's important for them to do that. So, so that's the music So element. far, no pushback. Anyway, um, then we have fun and games. We have um, dancing for the little ones, but we have some really fun things for the older kids. Um, this now, year, now, I understand that she splits them up, so she's got the different age groups at one time, and, and the Grammy camps are very different for the older grandkids than for the younger ones. But they all have the element of music is the point, and they all have the element of ancestors, and they all have the element of, of art and the other things that this Grammy right. wants her grandkids to know that she loves. Right, and and this year we're taking those uh, the five older kids. The sixth one is can't come this year, and that happens. But um, that we are going to Star Valley, Wyoming, where my mom and dad, or my mom, grew up as a child and had amazing stories on a farm. This farm family, and so I'm assigning each of them to do a little research on one of the five ancestors that are there. We're going to go meet some cousins they never met. One of them can yodel. We're Swiss, and so she's going to yodel for us and play the piano like my mother used to play the piano because my mother taught her to play the piano. And we're going to the cemetery. We're going out to the sites where they, uh, my grandmother died and two her, her little babies, a 9-month-old and 18-month-old, in the Spanish influenza um, in 19, the beginning of 1920. And so I just want them to have in their minds where, where they've come from, who they are, how they belong, how they fit into the family. It's a huge blessing to be able to do that. 
Well, and the more you talk about it, the more I want to come. Do you need me to just come along no. like a, be a driver? No. Could I just be like no. a bouncer no, or something? No, you can't come. You can't oh, come. Man. Sorry. Okay. All right. We'll take All right. pictures and uh, bring it back. But then we always have something really fun. I mean, you might say, oh, that, that they're so excited about ancestors. Well, actually some are better than others, but most of them really enjoy it. Then we come back to go to the Pickleville Playhouse over in uh, Lake Town, where, um, actually in Pickleville, where they do a Who Shot Bandito or some, you know, Bandito Rides Again or something. A melodrama. A melodrama, which they absolutely love. So we combine the fun with the learning, and hopefully I think they really like it. Oh, that's an understatement. They love it. They just wait on you know, that's that's the highlight of their summer, these Grammy camps, I'm telling you. Well, we'll probably be doing that in a little more detail as we get closer and because we'll be here um, during the Grammy camps. But now let's shift over to Grandfather's Secrets because I have to tell you that this grandfather is really making a difference in the lives of his grandchildren because he believes that if they know some certain principles and how it applies to their lives and if they have it memorized – that it's going to work for them in their everyday lives. Oh, Linda, what a nice introduction. <laughs> We're actually, not always this nice to each other, actually. you got to know that. <laughs> the bottom line is that I didn't want to be shown up completely by Grammy Camp, so I came up with this lame idea called Grandfather's Secrets. But, but it's based on a, on a real strong principle, which is that what we want to do, what, our, what we think our overall goal is with these grandchildren is to create cousin bonds that are very strong we teach them that you know cousins are more than friends they're 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 somewhere in between a friend and a brother and sister they're they're right up there they're the most important relationships you have and and we we have already seen now and we hope to see it more and more where some of the older grandkids really are a positive influence on their younger cousins and it's it's a you know they have a built-in advantage. You you see these little kids looking up at these older kids and like wow that's my cousin, I'll be like him someday. And and so rather than just leave that to chance, one of the things we do with grandfather secrets is we assign, and we talk to them about this to get their agreement on it. But we assign one older grandkid to a younger one. It's usually one who's over eight years old. We call them the accountabilities. And it's like a rite of passage when a grandkid gets to be eight. We do certain things with them. We 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 help we have some little we make a treasure chest with them and we and when they're twelve we take them on a motorhome trip and so on the ones who've turned twelve. But the point is when they get to be about eight they become members of the accountabilities, which is the grandkids who are over eight and who now have one of the under eight kids as their tootie. So when, if you were a tutor, the person you were tutoring would be your tootie. And we say now what we want you to do with your tootie is to teach them the basic grandfather's secrets that you've learned so far. So here's the deal on the secrets. We're just trying to think of certain really basic fundamental things that would become a basis of discussion among these cousins. And so I'll give you a couple of examples. The first, grandfather's secret. This is how simple they are. Now, honey, you realize you're divulging the secrets. But I guess that's that's all right. Don't tell. I won't tell. Don't anybody tell. I won't tell many of them. I'll just give a couple of examples. How's that? (laughs) 
All right. And then, and then I, if the grandkids ever say, oh, I heard someone heard the grandfather say, I say, oh, no, no, that was just a sample. They don't know the real thing. But i got to give you an example. Number one is most kids are waiting for someone to lead them, but they just don't know it yet. Now, imagine the kind of discussions that come from that. When did you have a time when someone was doing something wrong and you had a chance to say, oh, you know, let's not do that. Let's do this instead or whatever. And it's amazing what they'll come up with. Or, And it's not always about themselves. It might be what they saw another kid do. And they'll talk about it and they'll think about it. And and then there's another one that's on popularity and what 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 a good popularity is and what a bad popularity is. There's one on making decisions and how you know when something's right and when something's wrong. Um, there's there's one on being unique and not following the crowd, but finding your own gifts and your own talents. You get the idea. And I won't do. You make a good point, Linda. If you hadn't said that, I might have divulged some of these secrets, and then I might have been cast out of the grandfather's secrets club <laughs> for being less than discreet. Well, I think these kids—they have this memorized word perfect. And you—you you started with those older kids, which is wonderful. But now, these younger kids, as they get to be part of the grandfather's secrets uh, entourage, it really is fun to see how excited they are about learning what the secrets are and how that applies. We had the most fun discussion in um, last when the kids turned 12. We always take them on a motorhome trip, which is a different deal. But three of them turned 12 last year, so. We went on a motorhome trip to a lagoon, um, <laughs> which was not grandfather's first choice. But actually, it was so fun. Well, but the- <laughs> in the truck on the way, we had the most amazing discussion about the grandfather's secrets and what they had learned and how it applied in any specific situation. Yep, we could they- all think of ways that it had applied. Well, let, let, we're out, almost out of time, but let me just round that out by saying, you're right. The key is they memorize them, and, and they'll say, well, why are these secrets? Well, because you'll notice most kids don't really know these things. You do, and you've got them memorized, and we talk about them, and we can give examples of them, and now the older tutors tell the younger tutees their examples of how they've applied these in their lives. And all in all, it turns out to be a pretty exciting thing. Some of you may say that's a little too proactive for me, and that's fine. But we wanted to just share during this last half hour just a few thoughts on the joy and the importance of being a proactive grandparent. So may you all have a chance to think some ideas through in your own mind, you grandparents, and may you parents encourage your parents to be proactive grandparents to your children. And so until next week. We're signing off from Ayers on the Road. We wish you the very best with your grandchildren. Bye-bye.